Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast to help you scale your Shopify store into a money-making machine. This episode is brought to you by Retention.com. Retention.com helps Shopify stores make more money by growing their email lists 20 times faster and sending 10 to 15 times more abandoned cart emails. Want to learn more? Check out Retention.com. Book a demo to get two times more audience credits for the first 60 days. Now, over to your host, Nick Truman. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Winning with Shopify podcast. For anyone that's not tuned in before, my name's Nick from here in the absolutely freezing UK right now. Anyone who's watching on YouTube, yes, I am wearing two jumpers and my heating is on in my house as well. We are in the middle of this series at the moment, as I'm sure you guys are aware, um, for anyone that has been subscribing long before today's episode. We're talking about retention and lots of different elements of retention. Some of you that have been listening for a long time will know that last year we did quite a big section on subscriptions, and that is something we're going to be talking about today as well. And I'll come on to that in a minute. One thing that I've been told to flag quickly as well is if you guys want to hear a certain topic, you've got a specific problem um, and there's something you need help with, then feel free to reach out to us. We are here to help. We're not just a voice to a lot of you and a video to some. Go to our website, winningwithshopify.com. Fill out any of the forms on that site. They'll all come through to us. Equally, if you're thinking of sponsoring, we have a few opportunities later in the year to sponsor, which means we'll be talking about your subject, your name is everywhere, et cetera, et cetera. But as anyone who's been tuning in for a long time will know, that is all I would say on the subject. We uh, try to avoid selling, even though we are in the marketing game. I'm just going to be really open with that. So today's episode, I've got a very special guest. Her name is Shannon O'Boyle, and she's the marketing director of a company called Smarter. Shannon, welcome to the show. Hi, Nick. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to dive into this conversation. Great stuff. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us. And before we dive into subscriptions and all that side of stuff and retention, why don't you give us a quick overview, both to yourself, your background, and then also a little bit about Smarter. Perfect. Yeah. As you mentioned before, I'm the marketing director here at Smarter Subscriptions. We are the leading next generation subscription app built specifically to increase LTV for Shopify brands. A little bit about myself, marketer through and through. I've been in the B2B space for as long as I can remember. <laughs> um, and you know, the first time I got into the e-commerce space was with Flow Commerce, um, which if you're familiar with the cross-border space, um, you, would, you would know Flow. They were eventually acquired by Global E. So that was a really, really incredible experience to be a part of, specifically cross-border. It's a, it's a wild space and a wild corner of this Shopify ecosystem. Um, you kind of, for the first time, really realize you don't just press a button and that box shows up at your door. <laughs> Indeed. Um, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, my time at Flow was uh, like my first, my first step into the e-commerce space, had an incredible experience. And then found myself here at Smarter in the subscription space because I felt the market landscape was pretty similar to that in the cross-border space. And it's really heating up now and it's it's an exciting time to be around. It is indeed, yes. Yeah. And then to give you a little bit more context about Smarter, we originally set out to make tailored subscriptions really easy to implement, right? So if a brand wanted something a little bit more advanced than the standard pay monthly, receive product monthly type of subscription. We wanted to make it super easy to build out a, a, biz, a business model that made sense for your end consumer and the product in which you were selling, right? So a, a more ta- a couple examples of like a more tailored ex- uh, subscription experience would be um, obviously the build the boxes of the world, right? They're super popular these days. Everyone loves a, loves a good customized build the box. Indeed, yes, yes. Adding in all your favorites <laughs> is always the, uh, the tagline exactly. we see. 
Exactly. Um, things like a prepaid subscription or a giftable subscription. These are all really tailored. Um, and then it also gets even a little bit more advanced. So think about like if you've ever heard of Jolie, right? They're a showerhead company, but they have a pretty ingenious business model, right? So they're, they're on what we call a sequential subscription model. So you have to purchase the showerhead as a one-time purchase. And then it triggers a filter subscription every 90 days. So that cadence is different. It's super curated, but easy to implement on Smarter's backend. So that's what we originally set out to do, right? Create these really easy to implement tailored subscription programs. But what we ultimately found was there's a ton of opportunity in that customer account portal experience. So everything we're building for today is really to help brands increase their lifetime value by adding a ton of different touch points in that customer account portal. And I'm sure we'll dive into the specifics of that as we go on throughout this conversation. But um, that's very much Smarter's bread and butter. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I mean, one of the reasons we're covering um, retention and we're working with retention.com at the moment through this series is there's always this statistic floating around that I personally love. And I'm not going to quote any particular sources for this because it's, it's widely known is almost all of your growth in any business, whether that's B2B, service-based or as we, we were talking about in the podcast is e-commerce. Most of your growth is within your existing customers. However, as um, yeah, as everybody knows, we work a lot on Google. So my main business, we drive leads from Google um, or new customer acquisitions through Google for e-commerce. And the reason I say new customer acquisition is because we're, we're paying quite often for mostly new customers, a few repeat orders. And then we look in Google Analytics and we're like, guys, like 90% of your traffic is new first time buyers. And the problem with that is you're paying for every single one of them. Whereas if they were on subscription, you've got everything automated, the emails, SMS messages, and we'll come on to some of that. Um, but equally, why aren't you sending emails and getting to buy a second product? And why are you not adding enough value that people just want to come back and purchase stuff? There's a few things you mentioned. We, we were going to cover these definitely today. Uh, lifetime value, super important. So I think how do we build that? Like once somebody subscribes to something, how do they get onto the next product? Um, and equally, I think that ties into a, a second point I want to raise as well that you've mentioned. Um, and something when we did subscriptions last year, we, when I say last year, by the way, for anyone listening, that was 2022, which was literally only a few weeks ago, which I can't believe. Um, the year is flying by. But lifetime value and, and also the account portal I've never heard anyone talk about it in detail apart from just making it easy for people to sign up and leave. Let's talk about how do you build lifetime value through that account portal? What are some of the things the portal should have? How should it work? And it sounds to me like you guys have tapped into something I've never actually interviewed anyone about, which is making that journey useful and going, look, they're in the account portal, potentially about to cancel, maybe about to pause, maybe about to increase it. It's basically like the same as a website, isn't it? You've got so many opportunities to, to make that more fruitful. Exactly. And you're already working with a loyal subscriber at that point, right? These are your, the, the, this cohort of subscribers is your most loyal customers, right? So make sure you're leveraging them in the best possible way, right? And treating them like VIPs that they are. So we're doing this in many different ways. The, the first being granting total autonomy to the end consumer, right? When you're entering into a subscription agreement with a customer, you're, it's really a long-term relationship, right? And the only way to have in anything in life, to have a long-term relationship, there's got to be give and take, right? There's got to be trust. And you have to build that in all sorts of different ways. So, you know, traditionally, if you wanted to manage your subscription, you'll have the traditional, I want to pause my subscription, cancel my subscription, or maybe skip my next order. Those are kind of like the table stakes in terms of subscription management. We want to go above and beyond that. So one way we're doing that is expediting your next order, right? So if I were to run out of product a little too soon, I don't want to wait a whole month to receive my next package. Let's give the end consumer the ability 
to pick and choose when this product is coming. So additionally, what we do, instead of skipping your next subscription order, we give the option to gift it to a friend. So you're talking about bringing in net new and acquiring new customers. This is a great way to use your loyal subscriber base and increase your reach from there. The marketer in me will will cringe when I say this, but it's a great flip your funnel tactic, right? <laughs> Where you're you're driving from a higher acquisition angle and you're basically retargeting a similar persona through this this journey. And then additionally, once they're in there ready to manage that subscription program, give them a reason to stay. Give them a reason to increase their AOV, right? So we have um, a bunch of opportunities to offer upsells, um, like one-time add-ons, or even members-only products, right? Or you could even give them, because they're a subscriber, a members-only discount. So again, rolling out that red carpet, making them feel like a VIP member than just like a standard subscription experience. Another feature that we just rolled out was a, a... loyalty program built directly into that customer account portal. We're the first subscription app to do something like this, right? And it also comes hand in hand with a referral program. So when they're in there, they are, they're able to manage their subscription, maybe try a new product. And then also if, you know, they love a, a product that they're already subscribing to, they can refer a friend and they'll see the direct allocation from referring a friend. The loyalty credits will be directly allocated right there and they can see it. So it's all about engagement, increasing that engagement, again, building loyalty, building trust in this customer account portal experience. We feel it's total untapped opportunity um, for brands these days. I, like I said earlier, I think this is awesome. Like, I've never heard anyone talk about it. There's something we talk about a lot, and I, and I feel like you've, you've highlighted something. That, again, I've, I've never, and I'm quite shocked because I interview 52 people a year about Shopify and about marketing. But yeah, I think that we, we often talk about about touch points, you know, looking at every touch point. And there's obvious ones like, there's your advert, here's our website, your product's arriving, so there's going to be a text message, an SMS saying, your product's on its way. Or there might be, um, you know, you're going to go into store or you need to make a return. And often that's the bit where it all falls apart. It's like, well, I'm not ordering from them anymore because if I want to return, they make it sound like free returns. And then when I went to make a return, it was horrible. This customer account portal, I think is, as you say, is such an untapped opportunity. So you know, sending someone an SMS or an email saying like, you know, your subscription is not going to be in stock this year, so we need to have a chat. Um, you know, click here. And then when they arrive saying, well, actually, do you want a double subscription next month? Or actually, we can offer you X, Y, Z. And also saying like, you know, and I, I guess this is the scary thing, isn't it? Is a lot of brands, once you've got someone subscribed, you almost don't want to talk to them because you're like, just leave it running. It's fine. You're almost nervous to say like, you know, come back, come and stop by the website again and, how, you know, manage your subscription. Because there's that fear that people are going to go, oh, no, I don't want to change my subscription. Or if they come in, they're going to cancel. And that's the thing. I, I've always found it amazing when we've launched like a similar thing, for example, like a review platform. And, and customers are terrified. And I use the example quite a lot. They're terrified. If we do a review platform, everyone's just going to moan about us. We're going to have one star. And then you're like, okay, we'll launch it. We just won't put it on the website. So we'll send the emails out, but no one can really see the results yet. Um, oh, and by the way, your first hundred reviews all arrived in three weeks and they're all five stars. And you're like, really? Really? Like, and you're like, yeah, you only talk to the unhappy customers. The happy ones just receive their product and crack on. So that account portal is one of those touch points. It sounds like such a good opportunity, as you've very well articulated, um, for people to go in, manage it. I love the gift to a friend idea. You know, because people will say like, oh, that coffee is delicious. Where's that from? It's like, oh, I subscribe to this coffee company. They just send me lots Let of me pods. Let me send you some. They're compostable. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what? I saw an email the other day. I can probably just send some on to you. Um, Audible, you know, the audiobook side of Amazon. Audible do this really well, 
where I joined Audible years ago because someone was listening to a really funny audiobook and said, you need to listen to this. And I said, oh, send me a link. And when he went to send, it literally clicked on it and clicked send a link. And it said, um, if we send this and they're not a user, this first book is free. So my first book on Audible was free. And then when I wanted my second audiobook, because I was like, audiobooks are quite nice. Never listened to them before. I like this. And when I went to subscribe to my second one, they subscribed me because they said, you need to have an account. So you need to subscribe for a month, but you can have one, two or three credits a month, that kind of thing. And it all sort of started. Now, my next question, I'm going to take a completely different turn here because I think the account portal sounds amazing and we will cover that. Let's go on a complete curveball. I know for a fact when we did our last subscription series, lots of people emailed us and they said, I sell a one-time product. You know, I sell a sofa. That's going to be a really hard example, but we'll, we'll stick with it. I sell a sofa. Someone else emailed in and said, I sell clothing. So how can I do a subscription thing? Subscription to me is just, I email them, they come back to the site. So what kind of subscription can I do that? So my question really is, subscription's great when, as you say, it's like, you know, dollar shave club's great. Razors turn up, you have a shave. Food ones, coffee, et cetera, et cetera. How can someone with more of like either a once every five year product, how can they do some sort of subscription? Is it valuable to them or actually should they just not bother? And certainly when it's like more clothing or something where people would buy regularly, but actually it's not a clear cut like, you know, I don't want clothes turning up every week or every month. I want to choose them, et cetera, et cetera. Great point. Absolutely. We get this question a lot. Like, are subscriptions for everyone? And the answer is no, they're not for everyone. However, there are strategic ways you can implement subscriptions. So in the example of the sofa company, um, I love to tell this story. So I used to say, you know, if you had a mattress company, you know, you can't, you don't really want subscription mattress on subscriptions, right? How many mattresses can you really get a month? (laughs) Right? So I used to joke about that. And then recently, we had a mattress company inbound. And when we asked, okay, what was your vision for this subscription program? They were, they were saying they wanted to sell different types of bedding and dryer sheets and things like that. So it's a great way to get extra recurring revenue and build that into your business model. However, I think a much more strategic and bigger picture view of answering this question as a brand, I would look internally and say, okay, how can I truly build a lifestyle around this product, right? And really build a lifestyle brand and everything we're building for in that customer account portal experience to increase lifetime value is really to create more of a membership like Mm. experience than, than a subscription experience, right? So yeah. someone who's who's constantly they're they're paying to be a part of a community. They're paying mm-hmm. to be a part of this lifestyle brand, right? So yes, you're going to have to implement additional value adds, but I think just the 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 way we're seeing this this tide kind of turn, it's definitely moving more into a a membership community oriented yeah. play. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I mean one of the ones on the clothing one, for example, um, just to cover that one because. I feel like clothing is one of those things where it is the barrier to entry. And we've done other episodes talking about making your business a monopoly in your industry, making it as profitable as possible, et cetera, et cetera. And clothing is one of those things where the barrier to entry is so low. I mean, if you go on Alibaba and search T-shirt, I mean, the, the, the possibilities are endless and incredibly easy. But for a clothing business, I mean, one of the good examples we did give before was about like Amazon Prime. So if, you're, if you say to people like, actually, if you subscribe for $20 a month or $50 a month or something, if you buy a lot of clothes, so we are looking at, if anything, you're now attracting more VIP customers. You're pushing non-VIP customers into VIP by offering it. If you pay $50 a month, you get a third off everything. So what are they going to do now? Well, they need to spend $150 a month to make the $50 a month worth it. 
to save that third. So there's, there's elements like that that are quite exciting, but also then offering within that free delivery, free care kits. Also now, if once you're bored of any item of clothing, we will accept clothing back, provided it's in good condition. We'll accept it back for $5 per item, you know, minimum, possibly more if it was more expensive. Or actually, if you return those clothes after a year, and then you can build this outlet of selling on used clothing at a really discounted price, but really nice stuff that's a bit like computers, you know, it's been all checked over. So somebody knows it's going to be going to be a good device. So there are definitely opportunities to those other ones. But I love that mattress example. My first thought, and then I thought that is probably a bit far, far-fetched when you said that was, could you then offer like a dry cleaning service? Because that's something that is needed. Could you find a nationwide dry cleaning, you know, entire, we dry clean across the whole US, team up with those guys and go, look, we will own the subscription. So we will do dry cleaning of all bedding. And because bedding is something that, and I, I read something about this the other day is, Someone made the point that bedding is one of the few items that you have that actually touch your face. <laughs> I know it sounds bizarre, but it's got to smell good. <laughs> if it smells bad, you are stuffed, um, you know, as much as the, uh, the pillows are stuffed. But yeah, your pillow cases need to be super clean. And so I think that that is certainly a really interesting angle of this. OK, let's talk about lifetime value. Let's bring it back to that one, because that is, you know, retaining the customer. What are some of the things then you would suggest in terms of lifetime value to retain that customer as long as possible? Great question. And you kind of touched on this earlier in our conversation. The thing about subscriptions, right, is they give that much needed context to engage with your customer on a regular cadence, right? Instead of just kind of like, here we go, we have this promotion that we're running, go to our website or something like that. Subscriptions give you a regular schedule to reach out to customers. So they really only strengthen your other approaches to market really, right? So it'll strengthen your SMS strategies Additionally, when you are acquiring a new subscriber, there's a lot of different ways we can do this and kind of to increase your subscription rate and the amount of subscribers you actually have. So providing a ton of context on what to expect and really set the bar high for what they can expect from the subscription program. Like you said before, you're going to get exclusive discounts. You're going to get this VIP treatment that we're talking about. You're going to get access to early drops. You're, you're going to have uh, loyalty re- rewards, things of that nature are all going to incentivize these loyal customers and customers in general to try your subscription. But then also, here's here's where the, the value add comes and how you can really increase the lifetime value is these customers are they're, they're usually trying some sort of specific product, right? Whatever I call it like a gateway product, your yep. best, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of where we're starting. But then in that customer account portal experience, you can introduce them across different products, across a product line, right? So you're never missing an opportunity to increase your average order value. Again, you're incentivizing these customers through your loyalty program to gift these to a friend. So you're maximizing your reach. Additionally, refer a friend. You have two different options there to kind of expand outwards. And that's also increasing your lifetime value. Again, building this sense of community and really turning this this experience into like an engagement hub. This is your home base. You had a brick and mortar store, you know, uh, this is the digital equivalent of that, right? This is where you're hosting an event or having, you know, some sort of collaboration or, or things of that nature. This is where it's all going to happen. It gives them that element of exclusivity, right? It mm. feels like they're on the inside of something and like it yeah. puts them in control of how they're managing the subscription, but also who they're sharing it with. And when they're delighted about a product that it's easily shared with those, with their loved ones or friends or what mm. have you. Yeah, yeah, again, touched on three or four things. I want to I want to dig into deeper if that's all right. It's really, really good points there. I, I love the idea about the gateway product. 
because I think there's, I, I guess a good question to ask rather than just saying what I think, because you're, you're in the data of all of this. How, how much do brands, you call it gateway, like this, and that's the first product they buy. Once someone's on a subscription though, how often do brands add in almost like a free gateway product to say like, actually, here's a more expensive, a more luxurious version of this, or actually you're, you know, you're, you're buying from us, say, I don't know, one protein shake a day's worth of protein shakes. When actually we put out a bit of content saying that this is our new first thing in the morning protein shake because you're buying the evening one at the moment. And here's, here's three free samples. So the first three days on us are free. How, how much do brands start to do that kind of thing? Or do you feel like brands actually haven't cottoned on to those tricks yet? Or again, they're nervous to upset the first subscription by trying to sell a second one in? I'm seeing it more and more play out in the space. So two examples come to mind that I'm happy to talk. From the gateway product perspective, Starface, if you've ever heard of them, they have star um, pimple patches. They're a huge product uh, no. over here. Not heard of those, yeah, no. They have wow. a fantastic brand. You can find them in, in different retailer stores like Ulta and what have you. They're doing really cool things in the brand space, but they have that one iconic product that everybody knows. But their next move is to start building that product into a routine skincare bundle. It's brilliant because yeah. now you're introducing, not only are you introducing um, the end consumer to more products in your product line, but it's a more routine product as well. So you're building this routine into their day-to-day lifestyle. Again, building more towards a lifestyle brand. Um, I think Star Starface is a fantastic example um, of a brand who's kind of like using that entry entry mm. product into nice. expansion of, across their product line. And then you mentioned protein shakes. Um, we work with Slate Milk. Okay. Have you ever heard of them? They're I've also not, a no. phenomenal brand. Yeah. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. Um, they're also a phen- phenomenal brand. Highly recommend uh, you look them up. They have, um, it's basically uh, high protein chocolate milk, essentially. So Slate Milk maps out their entire customer journey in what they call drinking moments, right? So it's like, okay, you wake up, you can start your day with this protein shake. Okay, you have your routine gym uh, exercise, uh, you know, appointment or, or, uh, class, right? I, I don't, but a lot of people do. Yes. I, <laughs> yes, I, I, <laughs> I just go when I feel like it. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. But it, that's also a great drinking moment for using that product. So again, they're building these, these product moments into a routine lifestyle. Um, it's actually quite brilliant. And then they also use that and use that kind of strategy and, uh, messaging in how they're approaching different consumers, whether they're a first-time purchase, a subscriber, a repeat purchase, right? So that's kind of all how they're introducing new ways to use this product. Amazing, amazing. And yeah, I love the concept of gateway products. Um, I think, yeah, the, the protein shake one is, is absolutely amazing. I think it's, it, it's always interesting as well to talk to brands and find out how they found these things. Because sometimes they do listen to resources like this and then they go, right, okay, we're going to try that. That worked really well, move on. Um, other times there, there was a brand, um, I won't name and shame them, but they, they wrote out, their marketing guy was getting so frustrated with the, the hierarchy of the company saying no to all his marketing ideas. He wrote out the whole kind of email flow of here's how it should work. And in doing that, had accidentally sent the first email the day before he'd gone on annual leave for two weeks. So about a week later, customer service sent a note into sort of senior management saying, we're getting a lot of people asking about this new subscription that we're on and um, how do I cancel it? How do I develop it, et cetera, et cetera. After being told subscriptions wouldn't work, he got back and the managing director basically sat him down and said, I've got two options here. Number one, um, hail you as an absolute so solo wolf genius. You know, you've completely gone off on your own. 
and you've t- changed the fortunes of the company or I need to fire you. <laughs> That's where we are. And he laughed and said, I have been offered another job, so you can fire me if you want. Um, but how did it go? Before I go, I'd like to know. And he said, like, well, 30% of our customers joined a subscription overnight. And actually, we had only got 5% of our customers had been buying more than once a year. So he'd got a 30% uplift in subscription immediately. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, unbelievable. And all they had seen is just, hang on a minute, we've had 30% uplift in sales. Like this week, because people have bought another product, they'd started a subscription. And then he was like, oh yeah, by the way, that 30% uplift, you've now got 30% more revenue every month as a result. And if we push it a little, we send a second email, would it be 40, 45%, let's see. So it really does work. But I think going back to, going back to my earlier question, I think some, subscri- some businesses just don't lend themselves to subscriptions, like you say. I think some of them need to be creative. Um, and I, I love the membership model as well. And I think that would be a really good place to touch on next is membership. Um, what sort of things would people, I mean, we've mentioned like free delivery. What sort of things should be included in membership? Is that, you know, does every brand need to start developing like tons of content and get influencers and celebrities on, you know, on webinars to talk about stuff to push content out? Or actually is a much simpler way of starting than that? Things that we're seeing brands implement in their membership program. Uh, yes, free shipping. Uh, I think that's one of the first, you know, first steps forward. Early access to whether it's a new drop, um, a collaboration, things of that nature. Members only discounts is a big is a big win for our, our customers right now. And then additionally, you mentioned kind of creating content. I do not recommend sleeping on the creator space at all. I think we are seeing a ton of brands, especially in, in when you're thinking about building a lifestyle brand or are highly intentional about that brand experience, the creator world, the influencer world, it is real. Um, and you can see progress overnight. So finding a way to embed that into that membership experience. So for instance, another feature that Smarter offers, we have uh, a social feed that you can embed directly into that account portal experience, right? So you can have your Instagram feed directly in your customer account portal experience. So they're never missing a collaboration with a creator or some sort of influencer, or maybe it's another brand that you're you're hang, you're hanging out with or offering a specific promotion to. And again, making it more of a, a community. Um, and a lot of other people are are leveraging that account portal, that membership experience to have. Uh, Lamaru does this phenomenally, and it, one of the best strategies from an SMS perspective that I've seen to date. They have what they call a skin chat, so they're always prompting with like email banner notifications and banner notifications in the customer account portal to say. Hey, chat in, tell us how you liked your last order. Tell us what we can do better, things like that. And I'm not kidding when I say, I've just, you'll just, almost like a, a social feed, right? On the, in the comment section, you'll have a thread of people just chiming in like, Lamaru, we absolutely love your, your latest drop. Um, we love this product. Actually, this, uh, this one kind of missed for me. Here's why. And they're just getting constant feedback from their customers. Yeah. Which is only- so important. We talk about it so much in the podcast and it's, yeah, you don't know what you don't know. And the other thing we, the other sort of strap line we have on this that we say quite a lot, that I say we, it's often me or, or guests we have on. And um, we always say as well that Google Analytics, for example, tracking tools, they will tell you what has happened, but not why. You need to ask your customer, why did you buy this? Why did you click here? They won't say like, I saw a Google ad and I clicked on the Google ad and I scrolled it through three pages and purchased. That's what analytics tells you. That's what they did. They'll say, do you know, I've been in the market for one of these for years and I've wanted one that looked just like this and I saw it on an ad. And I clicked on that ad, landed on your site, and actually I didn't land on that product. I had to go and find it. Valuable, super valuable. So valuable. Right from, yeah, if we show someone a product on an advert, they need to land on that product. There's no sounds obvious. 
Um, but equally, sometimes if people say like, oh yeah, I saw a product that looked quite cool, clicked on it, then I browse loads of other stuff, it changes our landing pages. We're now going to use a different type of landing page to, to bring those people in. So yeah, I think really cool. And a little bit more on that note, and I don't mean to go on a tangent, but just like subscription data, subscription analytics, again, this cohort of customers are your most loyal customers with the highest LTV. This is your most valuable customer at the end of the day, right? So make sure you are tracking, you are collecting feedback, you're looking at cohort retention over time, right? You're looking at all these things and using this valuable data to go to market when trying to acquire new customers. Or if, if you're a brand that's looking to dive into retail, all of your answers are within this cohort of information. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I think the other thing as well you can do, which we, I mean, we get asked the question a lot in, in SEO in particular, which is the worst question if you're doing SEO. And it's like, SEO is like, we do what we can and we see what results we get. And they say, what's the target? What's the forecast? How much more revenue will we have next year? And we're like, I'm sorry, we don't know. These are the actions. These are the KPIs. Therefore, these are the metrics. Let's see. Let's keep doing stuff and learn what happens. When we launched that, massive success. When we did this thing, nothing changed or it got slightly worse. More of that, less of this. But with subscriptions, you can set such simple metrics. And we've mentioned a lot of them. LTV, so lifetime value, which with a subscription as well, you could say, what's the average size of subscriptions? AOV, average order value. Um, how many people are subscribed is a really important one. How long are they subscribed for? And if we give a couple of submetrics to that one that I would highly, and feel free to jump in if you disagree with any of this, you are the subscription expert, but my analytics brain is ticking like mad. The one on how long they subscribe for, I would recommend that's the sort of statistic I would break into groups. I would have groups of, these are our VIPs. So is it 10, 20, 30%? Look at the numbers and go, at the moment, there's about 17% of our audience it might end up at, something like that who are super subscribed. We just can't ever see them leaving. And as you say, those are the ones we need to ask questions to. Next set down, they subscribe for about six or seven months. That is the key opportunity right now for us because we want to keep them longer. So if they're leaving at six months, what can we do in the account portal, like you say, to keep those guys longer? And then the other, then the final one, there's kind of two routes to go down here and you can try, you can kind of do both. One is you can go, well, stuff them. They never should have subscribed in the first place so we're not considering the revenue. The alternative to that is you can go, the average, the average one was maybe, I don't know, 1.3 months on average was in the kind of low tier. Actually, if we can make that 2.6 or 3, we've now doubled the revenue from that data set. So actually, there's a real opportunity to do that. But again, if you look at your numbers, it's the top two that are going to make the most money. So I think certainly segmenting those, um, that would be the final set of metrics I would mention is segmenting them into groups. It's very similar to email, isn't it? Just the difference is they're not receiving an email. They're paying you money and they're receiving a product. So it's another order. Exactly. And a, a little bit more to double down on that, that cohort retention that we're talking about over time, right? It's a great way, especially if you're new to subscriptions, right? To continue to optimize this program to its fullest potential, Right. So one example that we saw was we worked with a very notable brand. Um, and for whatever reason, we saw a pretty big drop off after that first month. And we're like, this doesn't make sense. This isn't aligning with the benchmarks we have internally. Um, what's going on? Let's dive in. And after diving in, what we realized was they were offering too big of a subscription, up, uh, subscription discount upfront. So what people were doing is they were subscribing to get the discount and then unsubscribing immediately after purchase. And then the second we dropped that discount down, everything balanced out. And then you can also offer, you know, tiered discounts. So if, if you see an, an additional drop off on that third, on that third month, you could then give them an additional discount for, you know, the lifetime 
hereafter. Yeah, and it is a real challenge, isn't it? Because there's always that tendency to go, right, let's give them an 80% discount off the first three months. And it's like, wow, look at all our new subscribers. But they're not paying us much. And then it's like, okay, only 10% or whatever have stayed with us afterwards, which, which is a major problem. Going back to the customer feedback, one little thing I want to share, and it doesn't, it's connected to subscriptions, but it's not necessarily related. And um, we've had quite a few people on talking about email when we talk about retention. And we, we talk about email a lot. There's, I always call it the two sides of the fence. You've got one side of the fence of getting new customers in, and there's a second side of the fence of getting them over that fence. And now they're like, which where subscriptions are, lifetime value, you're starting to get repeat orders. And um, I got an amazing email, um, and I won't, I won't say who it was from, because it's a very small UK company who, we don't work with them, but I just really like them. And um, they sent me an email saying, we'd love some feedback um, on your order. And my reaction was, I'm a busy man. No, and I didn't do it, which I know I need to practice what I preach. They're asking for feedback. I tell my clients to give it. I should have filled this thing out and I fully accept that. The second one said, um, please don't ignore us. We would love to have a chat. And I looked at that email and went, that's quite cool actually. Still, I am busy. So I glanced at it and went, that's a really cool email. And then I remember at that moment hearing my email go, I glanced at it, oh, panic, big email, I need to deal with this and completely forgot to look back at that. But the third email was amazing. If, and it said in the subject line, if you hate us, it's fine. Let's just say goodbye. Oh. And that made me, honestly, no, I, I had that reaction. <laughs> I was like, and again, like, how did I describe that business? They're a local UK company. I really like them. Like, they, and they did a fantastic, it was something we ordered for our house. It was fantastic. Really good product. I saw that one and I went on it and there was this big banner set, literally a massive button just saying, click here to say goodbye. And underneath was this tiny button going, or click here to give us some feedback and you can have a 30% off your next order. And I was like, Brilliant. I was literally in a place like, I don't even want the 30%. I mean, I'll take it, but that's not why I'm <laughs> yeah. clicking it. I'm clicking here because I was just like, you know, it's okay if you hate us. Let's just say goodbye. I was like, it was such a powerful moment. And it's just so true to their brand. That was, their brand was homeware stuff. You go on their website and it's, they have pictures of people relaxing on like every item of furniture because it's, that's their brand. Their brand is all relaxing. Enjoy your home. So um, I thought that was, uh, that, that was absolutely incredible. Um, but anyway, Shannon, let's bring things down to land now. I've got one more question. I think it's a really interesting one to okay. ask. Certainly ask yeah. you, because certainly when you describe Smarter and how the journey developed and what you set out to do and actually where you've ended up is, is, is really interesting. I think the way you changed the, the account portal to make that a selling tool, almost like a website should perform, a, a well-performing website. Final question then. You've seen all this stuff going on. What do you think is going to happen next in the subscription space, both consumers and brands? Where, where do you think things are going to change? What are you guys working on at the moment? very much headed in the direction of more of a membership experience. So we're currently working with uh, this absolutely incredible brand. Um, it's called Happy AI. So they're, they're like a ring, right? But it'll track like heart rate, things of that nature that could ultimately report out how you're feeling, how, you're, how to fix that, how to you know, kind of manage your stress levels. There's that Netflix show where they had something very similar called You. It's a yes, really, the super creepy program. I remember this now, I remember. <laughs> Um, it's pretty incredible. But then what it does, the subscription part of it is it ups you into a very much like a digital membership of this ring and how you're getting your analytics on that ring. So it's, it, it's connected to an app. So things of this nature where they're just, and then they're constantly feeding content around uh, mental health and like, again, how to manage stress levels and how to be your best self and things like that. Again, it's this kind of model, this kind of experience that I think consumers are really looking for when they're they're finding those obsession products right and the brands that they want to weave into their their daily routines and their lifestyle right that they resonate with so we're, we're i very much see um again giving more autonomy in that customer account portal experience to the end consumer giving them all the control in the world to manage this relationship how 
they see fit and what's conducive to their lifestyle rather than the brand dictating it outwards. Again, I see more opportunities for what I'm calling LTV touch points, right? In that account portal experience to increase lifetime value. And what that looks like is a VIP exclusive membership experience. And then additionally, I think one other thing is just kind of this concept of of this, this data that we were talking about before, right? I really truly believe that this cohort of information, this cohort analysis that you can use based off of your most loyal sub- subscribers, your most loyal customers, and your most valuable customers, they're highly engaged. So they're going to give you the most feedback and the most accurate feedback so that you can take proper actions. So when you're going to market in your omni-channel experience, these are the things that should be dictating it. And what your loyal subscriber and what this most valuable customer likes, doesn't like, right, should be what you're exactly aiming for when you're, when you're in the messaging and when you're in market positions or if they're looking to get into retail or things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So those are the two I would, I would say. Amazing. And memberships, just reminded me, something I didn't touch on earlier, memberships, that I, I think is absolutely growing and very exciting. I certainly was reading a statistic recently, it can be much harder to get someone onto a membership than not, obviously. Like, it's a big thing to sign up. But once you get them on there, because they're paying monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it is, they now, when they're thinking of buying a new product, it's like, well, I'm going to be doing myself with this service financially if I don't buy it from this company. So I think there's definitely an element of those membership subscriptions. They might be shorter than just the, the new standard subscriptions on a coffee subscription or something because it's constantly arriving, it's convenient, it's easy, et cetera, et cetera. But certainly once you've got them subscribed, you then need to deliver on that value, as we've said. And that's both a mix of content, the free stuff you get, the discounted prices, um, exclusive product drops, et cetera, et cetera. So super important. Shannon, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you for the last 40 minutes or so. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And last things last, how can people get in touch with you guys? They want to play with Smarter. They want to look at integrating to their Shopify store. Where do they need to go? Absolutely. You can find us on the Shopify app store. Our name is Smarter with two R's, S-M-A-R-T-R-R. Um, and then you can also find us at smarter.com and you can reach out to me, Shannon at smarter.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us, Nick. Excellent. And for everybody else listening at home, make sure you tune in again next week. Um, Quick shout out, which I've spotted in my notes since we started, I should probably have said at the start is, if you are a brand and you are doing a lot either with retention or you're doing a lot with acquisition channels at the moment, you've got a story to tell. um, Yeah, if you are a Shopify merchant, as Shopify call them, we'd love to have you on the show. So please do reach out. There'll be no cost if a merchant comes on, just to add if that uh, sweetens the deal at all. But um, thank you so much for listening today. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, uh, leave us a little review on whatever platform you're on. And we look forward to having you with us again next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter for exclusive offers at winningwithshopify.com. And don't forget to check out our Facebook group by searching for Winning with Shopify on Facebook. Over and out.